السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we are covering page 54 from the Quran which is in Surah Ali Imran, the third juz of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the previous episode we spoke about a number of important issues from them is the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his complete control over everything in this universe and Allah azawajal describes himself as being Malik al-Mulk the king of all kings, the one who has control over all things subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is one of the greatest reasons as to why we worship Allah azza wa jal, because he is the one who has power over everything. Everyone who is of power or of wealth or of influence, they are below the kingdom or the dominion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah azza wa jal is their master and he is our master. He is king over them and he is king over us subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah azza wa jal tells us, as we mentioned in the last episode, to be aware of him, to be conscious of him, to be mindful of him, and to be cognizant of the fact that we will stand before him to be judged, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what we conceal within our hearts and what we hide, and that which we make apparent. In today's episode, we begin with verse number 30, and the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يَوْمَ تَجِدُ كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مَا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ مُحْضَرًا وَمَا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ سُوءٍ تَوَدُّ لَوْ أَنَّ بَيْنَهَا تَوَدُّ لَوْ أَنَّ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَهُ أَمَدًا بَعِيدًا وَيُحَذِّرُكُمُ اللَّهُ نَفْسَهُ وَاللَّهُ رَؤُوفٌ بِالْعِبَادِ On the day when every soul finds all the good that it has done present before it, it will wish that all the bad that it has done be far, far away. Indeed, Allah warns you to be aware of him. And indeed, Allah is compassionate towards his servants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, speaking about Yawm Al-Qiyamah, on the day when every single soul will find all that they did of good or of bad. And that is Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Yawm Al-Qiyamah is that all of the good deeds that you did, and that is specifically for the believers, because for those good deeds to remain, one of the conditions is that you have Iman. And Iman, therefore, sincerity in terms of worshipping Allah alone is one of the precursors in order for those actions to be uh, presented as good deeds on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Otherwise, even if they seemingly look to be good, but they are devoid of Iman, as Allah tells us in the Qur'an, they will be rendered null and void. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that people on that day will find good deeds, and then they will find the evil deeds. But on that day, people will know the reality of their situation. Because in this dunya, sometimes it's difficult for us to understand completely and to imagine what it will be like on Yom Al-Qiyamah. We see and understand the concept and that's why it's so important to constantly remind yourself of Yom Al-Qiyamah and what will take place on that day and how the judgment will work. Because otherwise you become ignorant, you become heedless, you neglect that aspect of what is going to take place. 
And so often when we think about good deeds or bad deeds, we don't really quantify them. We don't really see their impact. We don't really understand how it's going to work. Allah tells us in this verse that on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, people will see their good deeds and they will see their evil deeds. But they will know on that day that this is it now. The judgment of Allah will determine whether I go and be from the people of Jannah or whether I go and be from the people of the fire. May Allah save us from that. And so that reality will become known. So Allah will say that which that which they see of good will be present before them. And they will rejoice with it because it is good deed. There is hope in the good that I have done. And that is why the believer in this life is told to work and do more and more and more. Have as many good deeds as you possibly can, can have. Even if they are small, even if you think that they may be insignificant, to do more and more and more so that when they are presented to you on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, inshallah they have more likely, uh, there is a more likely chance that they will tip that scale of deeds or that scale of deeds for you towards the good over the bad. But Allah says that they will also see the bad. وَمَا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ But when they see the evil, they would wish that between him, between themselves and those evil deeds was an extremely far distance, years away, that there were millennia between them and those, those evil deeds, as if they don't want to be anywhere near them. They want to be away from them. They want to absolve themselves from them, which is what the act of Tawbah does. But when we don't perform the act of Tawbah, because we're so heedless of repenting to Allah and seeking His forgiveness, those evil deeds are presented as evil deeds. And on that day, there is no escape from them. There is no way to run or hide from them. They will be presented as being ours, and we will have to take ownership of them. And that is what Allah says, وَيُحَذِّرُكُمُ اللَّهُ نَفْسَهُ so Allah tells you to beware of him. Conscious of Allah Azza wa Jal. Be fearful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before you come to that standing on that day. Wallahu ra'ufun bil ibad. And Allah is compassionate towards his servants, meaning the believers. Allah is good towards them and Allah Azza wa Jal is merciful towards the people of Iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then gives us in verse 31 an amazing principle, a beautiful principle. And that is that if you therefore want to be from amongst those people of success and salvation, be from the people who turn to Allah Azza wa Jal, submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, love Allah Azza wa Jal more than anything and everything else. And the way to do that, Allah Azza wa Jal says, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبَكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِلْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Say if you truly love Allah, then follow me, meaning the Prophet ﷺ. And Allah will love you and forgive you for your sins. Indeed, Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. This is the golden rule. If you truly love Allah and you want to be from the people of Allah and the people who are given success by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the greatest tests, one of the greatest evidences to show that you truly love Allah more than anything and everything and that the love of Allah is stronger in your heart than anything else in this dunya, the greatest test is to show how well you follow the example of the Prophet Allah is saying here that if you truly love Allah, then say to them, O Messenger of Allah, follow me, follow my way, follow my sunnah, follow my example. Follow what I did in terms of the way that I prayed and the way that I worshipped Allah Azza wa Jal and in the way that I dealt with my family and the people around me, in the way that I dealt with, the, with my business, in my transactions, in my interactions with people, the relationships that I had with others. Follow me and take me as your guide and example. If you do so, يُحْبِبْكُمُ Allah Allah Azza wa Jal will love you in return. 
will forgive you for all of your sins. This is one of the greatest evidences to show that in our religion it's not enough for us to say, for example, as some people unfortunately say, that we just take the Qur'an. That it's only what's in the Qur'an, that I don't need anything else. If Allah tells me something, I'll do it. If not, then I won't do it. Or those people who come and say, you know, how can you say that the hijab is part of Islam? I couldn't find the verse in the Qur'an. How can you say that something or else like going the beard is part of the... It's not in the Qur'an. And they come up with all of these different types of issues and, and, and they all say it because it's not found in the Qur'an. And Allah Azza wa is telling you that part of following the Qur'an is to follow the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You cannot divorce one from the other. You can't separate the two in the sense that you say, I will only take knowledge from this and I will ignore this. Because otherwise, what was the point of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? One of his main roles and functions was not only to bring the revelation, but to explain it, to live it, to show how it is practically applied. And that is why our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, when she was asked to describe the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his character, she said he was the Qur'an. Meaning that he manifested the Qur'an in his actions, in his statements, in the way that he behaved. All of this, his character was found in the example of the Qur'an, from the instructions of the Qur'an. And that is therefore the way of the believer. True love for Allah is for us to understand that Allah favored above all of creation from his creation, the Prophet and therefore that he has that status and honor and from therefore our aspect of belief in the Prophet from the part of the Iman in the Prophet when we say the meaning of that means not only to accept that he's a prophet and messenger, not only to believe that he's a prophet and messenger, but to show that belief by following his sunnah, by following his example, by following the instructions and the commands that he gave to us. And that is what Allah Azza wa Jalla says in verse 32 explicitly, so that there would be no doubt. Say, obey Allah and obey his messenger. So now it is distinct, it is clear. Allah Azza wa Jalla expresses this very clearly. Command them, O Messenger of Allah, say, Obey Allah, obey His Messenger. And Allah doesn't just say, Obey Allah, but the Messenger is optional. The Messenger is a tag along. The Messenger is someone that's it's up to you. You can choose to follow or not to follow. Allah gives a very explicit command Obey Allah, obey His Messenger. So if you disobey the Messenger, وسلم, then therefore by default you have disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what Allah Azza wa Jalla then says, فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْكَافِرِينَ And if they turn away, then know that Allah does not love those who turn away from His commands, who reject His commands. Meaning if they turn away from what? From obeying Allah and from obeying the Prophet wasallam. In verse 33 onwards, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will now mention to us the story after which this surah is named. And that is the story of the family of Imran. And it is an amazing story that contains many lessons and many benefits. And it's a long story that will take a, comp- a couple of episodes. But we begin this story here from verse 33 onwards. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَىٰ آدَمَ وَنُوحًا وَآلَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَآلَ عِمْرَانَ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ Allah chose, he favored Adam and Nuh and the family of Ibrahim and the family of Imran above all of the people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favored these people and their families. Adam alayhi salam, who is the first of all of Allah's creation from humankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam by his own hands and he blew into him from his spirit. 
Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, the first messenger that Allah sent to humankind, when shirk first manifested and appeared upon the earth, Nuh alayhi salam was sent. Ibrahim, the Khalil of Allah Azza wa Jal, the close friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his family because from his descendants, as we've mentioned before, Ishaq and Ismail, or Ismail and Ishaq alayhim salam, we have the rest of the prophets and messengers of Allah alayhim salatu wa salam, and then the family of Imran. And the family of Imran is from the descendants of Ibrahim. And the family of Imran is a family of virtue, of nobility, even though Imran himself Despite or, or unlike the rest of the people mentioned in this verse, Imran himself is not a prophet of Allah. Adam, Nuh, Ibrahim are prophets and messengers of Allah. But the man Imran, this individual Imran, was a righteous man, a good man. But he wasn't from the prophet, prophets of Allah Azza wa Jal. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still honors him and he honors his family. Because they were believers who believed in Allah Azza wa Jal. And they were people of Iman. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would cause from his progeny from his descendants to emerge one that would be a prophet and messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wassalam. In verse 34 Allah Azza wa Jal says, alim. In one line of descent indeed Allah hears and knows all. So Adam is the father of all of humankind. Nuh alayhi salam is the father of everyone who came after him and Ibrahim alayhi salam is the father of all of the prophets and messengers who came after him. And so our Prophet sallallahu also traces his lineage back to these three amazing and mighty messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah azza wa jal then tells us in verse 35 now the story of Imran. Allah azza wa jal says, إِذْ قَالَتِ امْرَأَةُ عِمْرَانَ رَبِّ إِنِّي نَذَرْتُ لَكَ مَا فِي بَطْنِي مُحَرَّرًا فَتَقَبَّلْ مِنِّي إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that indeed the wife of Imran said, she's making a dua, Oh my Lord, I have dedicated what is growing in my womb entirely to you. So accept this from me. You are the one who hears and knows all. Imran is a righteous man. His wife is a righteous woman. The two of them would be the grandparents of the Prophet Isa والسلام, the Prophet Jesus. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him. And they are the parents, therefore, the direct parents of Maryam السلام, the mother of Isa. So these two individuals, Imran and his wife, are righteous people. Allah Azza praises them because Allah Azza says in the verse that we just mentioned, Allah has chosen them. In Allah has tafa. Allah chose them. Allah selected them. Allah Azza gave them virtue and status over others. So Allah Azza praises them as being people of iman, people of devotion, people of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And an example of that devotion and that worship is the statement of the wife of Imran, that when she becomes pregnant, and in those days they don't know what the gender of the child is going to be, whether it's going to be male or female, a boy or a girl, but she thinks and she hopes that the child in her womb is going to be a male, it's going to be a son and a boy. And before the child is even born, she already has a vision and a goal. And I want you to pay attention to this and then to see how different it is in the way that we often, when we're told that we're going to have children, what we think for our children in terms of their life and the way that it will plan out and the way that, it will, uh, that we plan for their upbringing. She says, Oh Allah, this child, I have dedicated him to your cause. Dedicated him to your cause in the sense that I want him to fight for your way or I want him to serve the Masjid Al-Aqsa, the area, that, that place that is that is pure and, and be from those people who will dedicate themselves to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
worship, knowledge, doing good, helping others, uh, helping spread the religion of Allah Azza wa Jal. And so this is what she makes the intention for. Now we, when we have children, we often, you know, for most of us, I think we think or we hope that our children will grow up and they will be successful in their careers. They will be successful in their jobs. They will be successful financially. They will settle down and have a good family. And all of these are good and noble things to hope for. But look at what Allah stresses here and why Allah praises this family. Because over and above everything else, what Imran's wife wants from her child is that he will be someone in the service of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And imagine if in all of our communities, when our brothers and our sisters who are going to have and start a family and were going to have children, this was the mindset that they had. That yes, I want my child to be successful in the dunya, but I want them before that to be successful in the akhirah. I want them to be people of devotion and submission to Allah Azza wa People of worship, people who dedicate their lives to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the dua that the wife of Imran makes. فَتَقَبَّلْ مِنِّي She says, oh Allah, accept this dua from me. Indeed, you are the one who hears and knows all. Allah Azza wa in verse 36, he then says, فَلَمَّا وَضَعَتْهَا قَالَتْ رَبِّ إِنِّي وَضَعْتُهَا أُنثَى وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا وَضَعَتْ والله أعلم بما وضعت وليس الذكر كالأنثى وإني سميتها مريم وإني أعيذها بك وذريتها من الشيطان الرجيم But when she gave birth she said indeed my lord I have given birth to a girl and Allah says he knows best what she had given birth to the male is not like the female indeed I name her Maryam and I commend her and her offspring to your protection from the rejected shaytan when the mother of Maryam, the wife of Imran, gives birth, she realizes that she's given birth to a girl, not a boy. And that girl would obviously become, grow up to become Maryam, alayhi salatu wassalam. And Allah Azza wa says that out of her surprise, because she had planned, right? She had planned and she envisioned that this child would grow up and he would serve the religion of Allah Azza wa And no doubt it is easier in those times and even in our time today, relatively speaking, it is easier for a man to do those things than a woman. In many aspects of life, it is still easier for men to accomplish certain things that women may find more difficult. This is the situation. Imagine now this is thousands of years ago, two, three thousand years ago. And now this is the situation that she's in, in a society, in a place where there is a male dominancy in terms of the, the way that that civilization or the way that that community works. And now she's given birth to a girl. So she says, oh Allah, it's a girl. Allah says, I know it's a girl. Allah is more knowing of what, he, what she has given birth to because Allah is the one who decreed it. And the male is not like the female. So what does she do? She has a number of options. One of those options is she changes her plan. It's a girl now. Okay, let's rethink. Let's do. And no. But what she does instead is she continues. And what she does is she makes amazing dua. Firstly, she names the child Maryam, as Allah mentions here. But it's this dua that I want you to focus upon. Oh Allah, I seek refuge, or I commend her and her offspring to your protection from shaitan. She makes dua for her child, but she also makes dua for the children of that child, for the offspring of that child and her descendants. Imagine now when you have a newborn child, this is your first child, you have a son, you have a daughter. We often make dua for that child. But very few of us have the foresight, the vision to start making dua for that baby because it's still a baby. It's still someone that you're cradling in your arms to make dua for their offspring and their descendants. But this is what Maryam's mother is already thinking about. 
Yes, I gave birth to a daughter. But Allah Azza wa from that daughter and her blessing and her righteousness and her piety, her descendants can become from the greatest of people and the greatest of, of people who serve the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she didn't despair. She didn't become despondent. She didn't think that though there's no hope or there's no point in carrying on. But she turned to Allah Azza wa trusted in Allah's decree, trusted in what Allah Azza wa wanted for her and her family. And she commended her offspring to the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, hoping that Allah Azza wa would do what was best for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 37, the final verse on this page, فَتَقَبَّلَهَا رَبُّهَا بِقَبُولٍ حَسَنٍ وَأَنْبَتَهَا نَبَاتًا حَسَنًا وَكَفَّلَهَا زَكَرِيًّا كُلَّمَا دَخَلَ عَلَيْهَا زَكَرِيًّا الْمِحْرَابَ وَجَدَ عِنْدَهَا رِزْقًا قَالَ يَا مَرْيَمُ أَنَّا لَكِ هَذَا قَالَتْ هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَرْزُقُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ Allah says that Allah graciously accepted her and made her grow in goodness. The mother of Maryam said in her dua, Allah accept her. Allah says that he accepted her in a gracious good way. When you have a child and you commend that child to Allah's protection, oh Allah, I want this child to serve your religion, to worship you, to honor you, to glorify you, to help serve your religion and spread your message of Allah and the message of your Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala accepts that sacrifice that is made, that devotion that is given in the best of ways. And he made her grow in a good way, meaning her nourishment, her nurturing, her upbringing was done in the best of ways. And she was entrusted to the charge of the Prophet Zakariah. It is said in the books of Tafsir that her parents died while she was relatively young. So essentially, she becomes an orphan child. So therefore, uh, both her parents, Imran and his wife, don't see what's going to happen, what's the outcome of Maryam going to be, let alone the outcome of Maryam in terms of her mothering a prophet and messenger of Allah, Isa alayhi And that shows that sometimes as parents, we do our best, we have iman in Allah azza wa we place our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we make dua for our children, and we do our utmost in terms of trying to give them an upbringing that is righteous and good, and the rest we entrust to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We may never see the results of our efforts. We may never see the life of our children when they grow up because most of us or many of us may not live for that long. And even if we do, we may not see what happens with our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren. But we trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you trust in Allah azza wa jal with iman, with good deeds, with righteousness, with fear of Allah azza wa jal, with dua, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes that and he, he, he nourishes that and he protects that because it is something which is beloved to Allah azza wa jal. So it is said that her parents die. They don't know what's going to happen to her. And instead she comes under the charge of another prophet of Allah or a prophet of Allah. And that is Zakariah It is said that Zakariah was married to the aunt of Maryam, her aunt. And so he's like her uncle. And so she came to live with her aunt. He's married to her. So he's like her uncle. وَكَفَّلَهَا Zakariya. Maryam grows up in a good way and she's known for her ibadah. She's known for her worship known for being a person of salah and worship and devotion to Allah Azza wa Kullama dakhala alayha Zakariya al-Mihrab. Allah Azza wa says that whenever Zakariya would enter her into her sanctuary, because in those days they would pray in a specific place. 
So the mihrab is not the mihrab that you see in the mosques today when you go and at the front, you got that place where the imam stands. That's not the meaning of the word mihrab in classical Arabic. The word mihrab in classical Arabic is a place and usually it was elevated from the ground meaning it's slightly up on stilts or something, and it is built and it is a place where people go to devote themselves in worship. One of the things, the aspects of this sharia of the Prophet ﷺ is that Allah made all of the earth a place of worship for him, with the few exceptions that we know, like the bathroom and those places that are impure. But generally the rest of the world is a place of prayer. You can go and pray in the street, in your garden, outside, wherever you want, it is a place of worship. In the previous nations, that wasn't the case. They had specific places of worship like their masajid and like certain other places. From them was the mihrab. Zakariya, whenever he would enter upon Maryam as she's in her place of devotion, he would always find that she had provision, that Allah would give to her provision. And it's a provision that is, that is, uh, that is something which is out of the ordinary. Because if it was just normal food and normal water, then it's nothing worthy of mention. And so the scholars of Tafsir, some of them said that she would have in those days the fruits of the summer at winter time and the fruits of the winter at summer time. Because it's not like today when we have refrigeration and people can store this stuff and, and now the way that the world works with terms of farming and so on is very different. In those days you only harvest what is on the trees. So you only get what is in season. But she would have the fruits out of season. This is an example that is given by the scholars of Tafsir. Zakaria will see this and he would know because he's a prophet of Allah that that is something which Allah has honored her with. That's something different. Zakaria at this time is old. He's a man of old age. His wife is old. He's barren. She's barren. And at that old age, he still has yet to have a child. Allah hadn't yet blessed him with a child. So when he looks at this, he says to her, Anna laki hadha. Oh Maryam, where has this come from? Meaning this food, this provision. She replied, it is from Allah. Indeed, Allah provides limitlessly for whomsoever He wills. And this is where we're going to pause the story because now Zechariah will see a lesson and a sign from this that he will apply into his own life. But the point that I want to end upon is how Allah honors her. The dua of the parent is so important for the child. And the efforts that the parent makes with sincerity and hoping that the child will stay upon the straight path Allah honors a person in terms of the efforts that they make with their children and their sincerity. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inshallah ta'ala preserve your children by that way as he did for Imran and his wife when he came to their daughter Maryam alayhi salam. Ask Allah that he blesses us all with righteous offspring, that he protects our offspring from shaitan, and that Allah unites us and them in the highest ranks of Jannah. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.